Hi, I'm Skip Nipper. Welcome to my podcast, where I tell you about Nashville's great baseball history and traditions. Shot to right a one-hop liner. Certainly about its past, especially about Tom Wilson Park, Herschel Greer Stadium, Sulphur Dale, but also a little bit about its present and future, too. Yes, he can. A mix the waist-high catch. And I introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans and their love for everything baseball. A high fly ball down the right field corner going way back. Hits a leadoff home run. If you've been in Nashville as long as I have, you may remember that Sulphur Dell not only hosted baseball games, it hosted other events like circuses and lots of concerts. But if you recall the Shrine Circus at Sulphur Dell, how it entertained with clown parades and performers in the three rings laid out in the ball field. Those were great times. The finale, as I remember it, was usually the human cannonball, and spectators oohed and odd with the explosion of the cannon shot as his body hurtled through the air to a net erected to catch him before he landed on his head in the ballpark outfield and kept him from bouncing over the right field fence into the ice house across the street just in case of a miscalculated trajectory. A reminder of those special nights came in the form to me of a 2017 movie, The Greatest Showman, based on the life of P.T. Barnum. My wife, Sheila, and I saw The Greatest Showman back in 2018, almost four years ago, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. And though not a professional film critic, I give the movie the best review I can. It's a home run, hit far over the fence, and out of the park, and I think you can stream it today. Uh, It garnered a 3.5 out of 4 review from film critic Sheila O'Malley and widely accepted it as a success when she said, Barnum proclaimed himself a showman by profession, and all the gilding shall make nothing else of me. This king of the circus loved money so much that he often is credited with having said, there's a sucker born every minute which meant he was happy to separate anyone from the money in one's pockets. His fame included bringing a dwarf, General Tom Thumb, and the Swedish nightingale, Jenny Lynn, to his circus. His entourage toured Europe and many cities and towns in the United States in the middle of the 19th century, including Nashville. Nearly 40 years before becoming the name Sulfordale, the low-lying area north of Nashville's downtown, it was called Sulphur Spring Bottom. It had a natural salt lick and sulfur spring, and many years before the city was founded, the area teemed with wildlife, especially buffalo and deer, who came to lick the mineral salt. And in the 1860s, the area was the city's recreational grounds, and it was there that baseball found its home evacuated it 100 years later, and then reclaimed it in 2015 when the Nashville Sounds opened their new ballpark and the new ballpark overlaps a portion of the old ballpark, Sulphurdale. But in 1872, wild animals returned in the form of one of Barnum's excursions named his World's Fair. The exposition set up tents on Tuesday, November the 12th, of 1872 for two days of performances after traveling from nearby Columbia, Tennessee, 
where the Nashville Republican banner reported a very large number of people attended Barnum's show at Columbia yesterday. It is said that his mammoth tents were well filled, but with a warning that, quote, the Digger Indian, unquote, in Barnum's circus leaped down from his stand while on exhibition in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, gave a Negro who had insulted him a sound drubbing. The same newspaper gave a glowing recommendation by reporting Barnum's big show is now a topic of much discussion. It is likely to be better attended than anything of the kind that has appeared for years. The Nashville newspaper also gave another warning on November the 10th. Reliable information has been received at police headquarters to the effect that a large troop of thieves, burglars, pickpockets, ebony legs, and every conceivable kind of dishonest men are following Barnum's Circus around, and as this will exhibit at Nashville Tuesday and Wednesday next, we are requested to warn our citizens in time that they may be on the lookout for the visits of such characters as above alluded to. What? The circus was being followed by crooks and beggars and thieves to pickpocket Nashville citizens of their jewelry, their watches, and their wallets? Well, everyone expected thrills for adults from Barnum's entourage, but it was the imagination of the young that brought great expectation. The opening was a tremendous success and certainly made an impression on the minds of youth in 1872, just like it does to this very day. But Barnum's big show is agitating the hearts of juveniles, the newspaper reported. The Nashville Union and American also lavished praise on Barnum's creation, calling it a brilliant and elaborate exposition that attracted universal attention and admiration, and great is Barnum. But there was one Republican banner report that did not initially seem positive in the exhibit's substance. Quote, the stuffed whale and that more stupendous stuff, the Cardiff Giants, were hardly worth transportation. And those, quote, cannibals, unquote, sentenced to death, from which fate the generous Barnum is to rescue them by the sacrifice of the pitiful $15,000 bond he is under to return them to the irate king of the Fijis, that beautiful Caucasian captured from some New York harem scarum, the sleeping beauty, in quotes, in wax, and other absurdities were as cheap curiosities, as the interpreter of the ring phrases it, as the little wooden automatons on Barnum's portrait gallery. Wasn't a glowing, it wasn't a very glowing report, was it? Seemed like there were a lot of fake things going on, but then Barnum is the great showman. And in closing, the newspaper had to acknowledge the popularity of the big show and the mastery of Barnum's ability to promote his business. When it said, and yet it drew like a house on fire. It drew because it was well advertised and good people who protest that their business, which is genuine, does not draw, while Barnum's, which is not so legitimate, does, should consult PT and see what he knows about advertising. Soon, reviews out of Columbia did not hold the same respect for Barnum, nor for his exhibits, but for the crooks who followed the circus from town to town. One of the newspapers said, we are requested by Dr. W.L. Matthews to state that he, on the 8th of November, 1872, by the very efficient aid of Barnum and his band of thieves and pickpockets, 
was deprived or humbugged out of the use of about $130 in currency and also all his notes, accounts, etc. He hereby warns the public not to trade for any papers payable to him. He also requests us to say, for the benefit of the lucky ones who are not present, that so far as pocket picking was concerned, he challenges the world to be them. On the same day as the Columbia newspaper report, support for Nashville's police force was made public. Perhaps Nashville's finest had heeded the warning from the city Barnum had visited only days earlier. Sadly, Barnum's New York Museum and Menagerie burned on the morning of December the 24th, just a month or so after appearing in Nashville. Two elephants and a camel were the only animals to survive. Barnum was still on tour in New Orleans, and his losses were estimated at over $100,000. P.T. Barnum, who was known primarily as a circus man, was an author, a newspaper publisher, a politician, a businessman, and indeed a showman. He did not establish his circus until 1871, a year before it appeared in Nashville. And he died in 1891, 20 years later, at the age of 80. Perhaps in his only visit to Nashville, Over 150 years ago, he once constructed his circus on the grounds we now hallow as Nashville's historical baseball home.